it, so call me back. Okay, love you. What's up, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of Emotionally Online, the show for spilling guts and sharing secrets. And not only is this a new episode, but it's the very last episode of the year, baby. This is the end of season one of Emotionally Online with peace and love. Peace and love, I will be taking a break. (laughs) I'm taking a month off from the podcast, from my YouTube channel, from the internet in general. I'm just going to take a month off to go sit and stare at a wall and hard reset my brain. I'm going to hang out with my family, spend some time with my friends, read a lot of books, watch a lot of TV, play a lot of Toontown, okay? With peace and love, I need to turn my brain off. So this is the last episode of the year, of the season. I can't believe it's been six whole months of doing the pod. This has been my favorite thing to make all year, so I'm definitely feeling a little nostalgic and definitely proud of the show and what it's become, what it's turned into. You know, I was looking at the the like Spotify wrapped statistics for the show a few weeks ago, whenever the Spotify wrapped things came out, and we charted at some point this year, and I literally had no fucking clue. But I was going through the Spotify rap, just like looking at the numbers and the statistics. And obviously it's it's split, right? Like a lot of people watch the video version of the podcast on YouTube. And then it's like YouTube and Spotify. And then some people listen on Apple and other places. But the majority of the listenership is YouTube and Spotify. So I was kind of, I don't know. I was just blown away that we at some point charted and I didn't know you'd think that was something that I would have found out but it was like we we I don't even know what chart we were on but in my wrapped it was like you charted for seven weeks straight and your top position was number 15 or something and I was like huh what chart what the fuck so that was cool I guess we charted on some sort of podcast Spotify chart which is sick which is super fucking cool I mean it was shocking because I had no idea that it happened, but I've been like consistently surprised with the numbers on this podcast throughout this entire year. So I just want to thank you guys so much for listening to the show, for supporting it. I know a lot of you guys listen to the show because you watch my YouTube videos, but for those of you that randomly came upon this show on Spotify or on YouTube and you've been a loyal listener this year, I just want to say thank you thanks for joining i hope you head over to my youtube channel as well love all the new faces new and old what's that girl scout song make new friends and keep the old one is silver and the other's gold a circle is round it has no end that's how long i want to be your friend (laughs) so anyways Happy to have all of the listeners here, whether you're a new face or you're someone who's been around on my YouTube channel for a while. I'm just so stoked on how this podcast has been going. I'm so excited to take some time off, get re-inspired for the podcast and my YouTube channel, revamp some things, get some you know internal work done so that I can come back and be the best host creator that I possibly can be Um, and I've got so much that I am excited to do with the podcast in the next year there's gonna be a lot more guests 
I would love to build like a sort of like a collapsible set. Obviously, I don't have space in my apartment to actually build a podcast set. This is sort of my podcast corner. But I'd love to, I don't know, make something that's sort of collapsible and I can move out of the way that goes behind me, sort of like turn this more into a, a emotionally online themed corner rather than just Maddie on her couch, if you do watch the video version of the show. Um, I think I've been really challenged by this show in a lot of ways this year. I think I've become a much better host over the course of the year. I mean, you guys feel free to disagree with me on that one. You guys are the ones listening to the show. But um, at being the person that edits for the show, I feel like it's become a lot easier to edit. And in my head, it's because I've become a better host. I've become more succinct more to the point with the things that I say. I think I've done better planning of the shows as I've sort of gotten into it, found a groove. I definitely have a, a lot more that I want to work on and a lot more experience I want to gain doing this. I think the more I do it, the better it's going to get. Um, but I've noticed a change in myself over the last year and I'm really happy with how things have been going. I definitely, I want to start taking on sponsors for the show because I don't make any money doing this and if I do make money doing this then I can prioritize it more and I have more money to put into the show so I would love to start working on that as well from more of like the admin side of things and then I'd also really love to build some type of space for the community of the podcast I don't know what that's going to look like yet at one point, I was exploring doing a Patreon, but I don't know if that's the route that I want to take with this. We'll see. I kind of love Geneva as a platform. I don't know if any of you guys have used that before, but I, I'm a part of a bunch of Geneva groups that I really love, and it's a, a nice little app on your phone that I, I find is pretty user-friendly, and I don't know. So I don't know... If, It'll be a Patreon or a Geneva thing or a Discord or what it'll include. I mean, I'd love to sort of open up the floor to you guys and let me know, like, what what kind of community, what platforms would you be interested in if I did make some sort of space for the podcast? Um, but would love to explore that in the new year with season two, baby. I can't believe it's over. Season one, closing time. Da, 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 da. Except it's only a month and I'll be back mid-January and you guys will be so busy with Christmas and New Year's that it will literally feel like two weeks instead of four. Closing time. <laughs> I head home in two days. When you're listening to this podcast, I am home. I'm on my way home to be with my family, which is much earlier than I would normally go home for the holidays but my grandmother my nanny is turning 80 so we're having a big birthday bash for her and so I was like well it makes no sense for me to go home for that and then come back to New York for like four days and then go back again so I'm just calling it my Christmas break is starting December 16th so I'm heading home and I'm gonna party it out for my grandmother and then I'm going to sit on my couch and play Toontown with my siblings until Christmas. And then we're going to do it some more after Christmas. And then I'm going to come back to New York and I'm going to sit and stare at a wall for two weeks by myself. 
and it's gonna be great i'm gonna have the best fucking time ever i think i'm most excited to sit on the couch and play toontown with my siblings toontown is a way of life and some of you may have forgotten about it you may be sitting there like toontown i haven't heard that since the year 2008 and you might be right for that and I'm just telling you right now that you've been missing out on it and it never went away Disney like got rid of Toontown in like what was it like 2011 or 2010 they ended it well okay let me back up if you've never heard of Toontown (laughs) it's like this um online game that existed in the early 2000s that was run by Disney and it's literally one of the most fun games ever okay don't hate before you've played it and like really committed to playing it for extended periods of time in your life this was like my family's favorite game as a kid and you had to pay for it back in the day and when you were like checking out at grocery stores there would be like gift cards for like a 30-day membership to toontown and my parents hated buying us the gift cards for the game because we would be so sucked into it we would do literally nothing else so they never let us play toontown for like the majority of the year but every year around christmas they would get us the like 30 day toontown membership cards and we would play like every second of every single day because we had i mean if you've ever played the game you know it takes a lot of hours of gameplay to even get close to beating it i mean you in order to beat the game you have to play for years to be totally completely honest i've never beat the game i'm 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 like close i've like maxed out my character but then you start working on your suits which i'm not even gonna go through and explain how to play this game because it just takes fucking years so anyways after disney closed the site in like 2010 or 2011 fans remade it it's the same exact game and then it launched in like 2012 so i've been playing on the same character since 2012 now pancake is her name (laughs) she is a purple duck and she slays and um yeah it's like around this time every year my siblings and i get like a kick for toontown so i don't really play it year round it's really it's like this time of year it like triggers something in me where i'm like it's toontown time baby and all i want to do is fight the cogs (laughs) so that's what we've been doing since thanksgiving and i'm ready to go home and do it some more pancake needs some attention she needs some love and um i'm gonna have my my relaxing toontown vacation i love it mind numbing games from your childhood there's nothing better than it (laughs) unrelated to what i just said but something that i wanted to talk about that is sort of unrelated to everything else i'm going to talk about in this episode but it's important nonetheless is holiday pranks which i'm seeing more of online And every time I see a holiday prank video, I just like sit there and think to myself, I don't think that any of my friendships would survive someone pulling a holiday prank on me. I don't think most of my friendships or relationships would survive anyone pulling a prank on me at any time of the year, to be honest. I think I'm just, I'm not, I'm not down with being pranked. Right. (laughs) I don't think it's going to work on me. I think I'm going to get very upset. I think that it will very much bother me that you did that. I think I I see it. The first one I saw was, was, you know, it's one of those saran wrap pranks where they put it 
in the doorway and somebody was doing it at a holiday party. And so people come to holiday parties all like dressed up, makeup, outfit, whole nine yards, hair, everything's perfect, right? They put the saran wrap up. So if someone's walking in the doorway and they're looking at their phone, they like it messes up their hair and makeup, whatever. It's a stupid prank. And half the time I think that it's probably fake because... I don't know. I just, sometimes I look at those saran wrap pranks and I'm like, is that, would you really not notice that slash would that really have that much of an impact on your makeup? Like sometimes I think that people run into it face first a little too perfectly and it like stamps their face. I just like a little too spot on that I'm like, this is, you did this on purpose. This was planned, which so much of the internet is anyways. So Anyways, I keep seeing videos like that and I see videos of people wrapping other people's entire rooms in Christmas gift wrap. And I just I need everyone to know right now that if you ever did that to me, we would not be on speaking terms. (laughs) Some people can laugh that off. Like some people can be like, ha, so funny. You really got me. I will not think it's funny. I'm telling you right now. I will not laugh. I will not even crack a fucking smile. With peace and love, do not play pranks on me. I think specifically, do not play pranks on me as it pertains to my physical being or the objects that I own. It just like triggers something in me. I can't even explain it. Even like as a kid, when people played pranks at sleepovers, like I, I, it like I can feel what I felt in those moments. I remember waking up with whipped cream all over my face and being like distraught and everyone's laughing at you and you're like, what the hell? Like they're laughing at how crazy and stupid I look right now. And everyone was sitting there plotting against me. Like it just, it's so bad. It's such a bad feeling when somebody like fucks with your appearance in some prank way and everyone's sitting there like, you look so goofy. Like it just, I start having flashbacks. Similarly to the like wrapping someone's entire bedroom, which this is maybe a little different. That's annoying as shit. I would be irritated, but I would also be like, oh my God, you manhandled all my fucking belongings. Like my things are special to me. I love my things and you wrapped all of them. Like, why'd you touch my stuff? No, 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 no. You cannot just touch my stuff. You have to ask. I, it would just piss me off. I'd be like, eh, why? It's just like a, it's a boundary thing where I'm like, I don't want somebody just going and touching all of my shit. And I think on top of that, I don't know. I feel very sensitive about items, like things that are mine. And it, there's some part of me that like, it feels similar to when in middle or high school, when your mom or someone you loved bought you a gift like let's say my mom bought me an outfit or a lunchbox and then somebody was like nice lunchbox loser and like made fun of you or made fun of your outfit that your mom picked out and bought for you like that kind of heartbreak of like oh this was so sweet and someone thought of me and I loved this because they picked it out for me and I just got made fun of for it and now I don't want to use it because I just got made fun of for it, but I also really want to keep using it because I love the person that got it for me and I want them to know that I loved it even though now I'm getting bullied for it. I know that that's such a different 
like situation phenomenon feeling even but it, it's like the same for me like if someone fucked with my shit they like fucked up my belongings I would feel that same gut sinking feeling of like but it's my stuff and I really like it and I thought it was cute and fun and you just made me feel bad <laughs> like it just I'm just honestly I'm too sensitive to prank if you prank me you'll feel really bad about it so I'm telling you right now don't prank me because I will cry and I will ruin the day and I'll make you feel bad about it and honestly I might have trouble forgiving you for it <laughs> I'll be totally honest and this could be the end and I just think that if you prank me not only am I gonna have a bad time but you're gonna have a bad time too I'm just I'm not an optimal prank subject and the more I see people prank other people, especially around the holidays on TikTok, I'm like, you guys are evil for that, right? It's like ugh, pranking someone around the holidays is the same thing as like pranking someone around the time of their birthday or on their birthday. It's just like maybe not right now. Maybe never. In, in the case of me, never. But maybe not right now, just in general. <laughs> Speaking of things that I've seen people post on the internet this time of year which this sort of loops into what I really want to talk about in today's episode is the dating raps that people are doing which basically people are just mimicking Spotify wrapped but for your dating history of this past year some stats of the dates that you went on which multiple people have dm'd me and asked me to do this which you guys are going to be very fucking bored i do not think that my dating wrapped is nearly as interesting as you seem to think that it is <laughs> listen you've been listening to the podcast you've heard some of these stories you know that i'm not dating that many people <laughs> so that being said i figured i would still go through give you like a brief little mini dating wrapped 2022 and then I wanted to go back and look at the goals that I wrote for myself for this year that I wrote at the beginning of the year and just recap what it is that I wrote if it holds true if those were accomplished if it's reflective of the year that I had and sort of start thinking about what I want to set as my goals for next year some guiding word possibilities so Definitely use the questions that I'm going to review to start thinking about what you want for next year, reviewing your own year, and then we can do some guiding word brainstorming together. And then that'll be our last episode of the year. Just a nice little nostalgic year-long recap and brief sort of looking forward to the next year. So welcome to my dating wrapped 2022 maddie maddie's dating wrapped <laughs> um i went out with eight people this year eight people total which is not that many it's one every like month and a half or something like that i'm not gonna do the math don't ask for a specific fraction here it's not happening <laughs> So since I went out with eight people, as you can assume, I went on eight first dates. Of those first dates, three made it to second dates. And of those second dates, two made it to third dates. Of those third dates, no one made it to a fourth date. 
of the eight people that I went out with, I ended it three out of the eight times. They ended it three out of the eight times. And it was sort of like a mutual fade out after the first date for two out of the eight times. So I guess it's like 50-50 for when someone rejects me or I reject them, which seems accurate. I met all eight people that I went out with on Hinge. One of them I met on Hinge like two years ago. So we had known each other before, but it, it was still it still originated on Hinge. So Hinge is still the superior dating app to me. I mean, I was on other apps this year. Or no, this is a lie. I met seven of them on Hinge. I met one on OkCupid. Wow, I was really about to lie straight to your face. Seven on Hinge, one on OkCupid. And that was it. I was on Bumble for a little bit of this year, which I talked about, which I had no luck on. I just think Bumble's a shit show. The same way that Tumblr is a shit show, Bumble's a shit show. Those are like two sides of the same coin to me. I just don't think that we've got good options on that app. OkCupid is very close to being a shit show (laughs) just because the like functionality of the app is not great. But I have met quite a few people that I've gone out with in the past on OkCupid. One of them was this year and he did make it in my top two that I dated this year. So take that what you will. So I went out with eight people, but I went on 13 dates total. If you count all the first, second, and third dates, there were 13 dates that I went on. Seven of those 13 dates were drinks. Three of those 13 dates were dinner. And three of those 13 dates was coffee in the park. So obviously I tend to lean towards getting drinks, which is funny seeing as I'm like mostly sober, sober curious, but I really don't drink. <laughs> like if, if you asked me like, how many drinks do you have in a week? It would be zero. It's like I maybe drink one, one or two drinks at like, if I go to dinner sometimes, sometimes I just get sodas. It just, I don't drink that much. So it is kind of funny that seven of the 13 times I went on dates this year, they were drinks. I do like it though. I like the vibe of a drink. Makes me a little flirty. (laughs) Not that I'm even getting buzzed. It's just like, it's an aphrodisiac, right? Drinking a glass of wine and talking and then you're like leaning into each other at a bar. Like it's just sexy to me. I like it. Um, yeah, dinner is fine. I only went on dinner dates with the people that I went on multiple dates with, which I, I like a dinner date, but yeah, it does feel a little more intimate to me. I don't think I would want to go on a first date that was a dinner date. I've been on first dates that turned into dinner dates, but that I didn't count that. I just counted that as drinks because we went to go get drinks and then got food after. Like maybe one time we like went and got like one time. Like one of the dates that I went on this year, we went and got drinks. And then after like two hours, we got a little hungry and he took me to this seafood restaurant nearby that he liked. And he ordered everything that was supposedly really good. And it was delicioso. But I didn't count that as dinner because I'm like, oh, well, it was supposed to be drinks. And then we just ended up somewhere. It wasn't like we had planned to go to dinner. So some of those were like that. And then three were dinner and three were coffee in the park, which of all of those coffee in the park is kind of my favorite. I love just like sitting and people watching and drinking coffee with someone, 
one of them we went and got brunch and then took our coffee and sat at the park which i loved that one too i think i'm a sitting in the park girl when the weather's just nice i think they were all in like the spring and fall time so that's great to me i would definitely do more of that in the new year i only had sex with one of them and it was in march <laughs> so it's it's been a while i mean I've, I've like gotten a little frisky gotten a little flirty but only one of them was added to my notes app list of people that i've had sex with and that was back in march so nothing has really happened i mean i've definitely been naked with other people since then <laughs> but i haven't had sex with anyone since march so that's what will count. The others don't count. Here's what I need everyone to know is that in this lifetime, you decide what counts and what doesn't. And I've decided that a lot of things didn't count. So I've only had sex once this year. <laughs> only one of them got added to the notes app. Okay. I only had sex once. But actually, though, only one of them got added to the notes app. I actually did only have sex with one person, maybe two. But I decided it was one, so it was one. <laughs> but would you believe that my favorite person that I went out with this year, I didn't even kiss them? Which maybe that contributed to why they were my favorite. They were so nice and polite. God damn it. The one that got away. <laughs> of the eight. Now, this is interesting. This is going to be real. This is the real statistics that we were looking for. This is the profession slide, right? Of the eight people I went out with, one of them is a writer. One of them is a model. One of them was a college professor. Three of them worked in the content video space. One of them was a doctor. And one of them did some tech job that I didn't really understand and did not care to understand. <laughs> So that's like what we expect, right? Like three of them work in content, video, like something in the same realm of what I'm doing. Writer, also very creative model, same sort of thing. The outliers are really the college professor and the doctor. And the college professor is part of the top two. So maybe we need to branch out and date more college professors. He was cool. These are good statistics to take home and just see like maybe, you know, my my top two was a video guy and a college professor. So I think I'm I'm with it in that the video guys are still doing it for me. Some of them and perhaps college professors are my next genre of man that I need to focus on because allegedly I like them. <laughs> um. And then of the eight people that I went out with, I would recommend six of them to other people. They were mostly great. I mean, they were all fine. I just wouldn't recommend two of them because I just have my suspicions. <laughs> I just, I'm not sure I'm totally sold on two of them, but I don't have any, no shade. They were all fine. Um, I think that this was like a pretty great year for dating for me. I think I, I enjoyed myself. It's all about enjoying the process. Um, having fun along the way. Obviously, most of the people that you go out with are not going to be the one. So it's important to have fun while you're doing it and date people that if you're not meant to date, 
you know, they can at least be someone that you have fun with for a night or two or three. And I felt like everyone that I went out with this year were all people that I thought were cool and who in an, in another reality, I could have been friends with them. I don't have any interest in becoming friends with people that I go on dates with, to be totally honest with you. I have, I have no interest in being like, well, we didn't work. So let's be besties. Like I just, I have enough friends, but <laughs> in another timeline, we could have been friends. They're all cool people. And I would, if, you know, if the time came about and somebody for whatever reason was like, can you recommend this man to date? Six out of the eight of them, I would say, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's pretty good odds. And that's my dating wrapped. I told you it was very, it was very uneventful, not too crazy. I'm not one of those people that's like, I went on 30 dates this year. I feel like this is like a good frequency for me. I mean, I mean like a good pattern of dating now, putting myself out there to a degree that feels fun to me and not super overwhelming. I feel like I'm getting out there. I'm seeing what's out there. I'm meeting people that I do like some people that are just not good fits. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this. I think it was a good year of dating for me. So cheers to that. Now, I want to go through some of the goals that I set for myself at the beginning of this year and see if I think that they held up, if the things that I wanted out of this year happened or if the year kind of went in a different way. I think most of the goals that I set for myself were more about how I wanted to feel and what I wanted to bring in. Um, when I do like yearly goal setting and planning, I love to pick guiding words. So my guiding words for 2022 were vulnerability and alignment. And to me, that really meant like the vulnerability aspect of it was that I really wanted to go through this year with my heart on my sleeve. I wanted to be like doing really good work in therapy. I wanted to continue practicing being gentle and patient and loving and vulnerable in dating, but also just with myself, with my friends, with people close to me in life in general. I wanted to move through it with softness. So that's where that came from. And then alignment came from achieving something that I had wanted for so long. At the end of last year, I quit my job to do YouTube full time and be a content creator. And I just wanted to sort of sit in that feeling and allow things to continue to fall into place the way that they had been the year prior. I think I just, I felt very in alignment and I wanted that to, I wanted this to be like a year of celebrating that. I didn't need to do like a big year of like going at it. I just wanted to appreciate what I had achieved and sort of sit in that feeling a little bit, which I'm still working on. I don't think that I do that all the time. I think sometimes I do feel a pressure of like, well, what's the next thing? What's the next thing I'm going to work on? What's the next thing I'm going to do instead of being like, well, I just achieved a, like a lifelong goal of mine and I want to sit in that and enjoy this and just sort of allow myself to feel at peace with what I have and where I'm at. In 2021, the year that 
I grew my YouTube channel and everything started sort of changing for me. My words were energy and abundance. And those two words definitely ended up describing what the year was like for me. And I think that vulnerability and alignment come very close to describing what this year has been. I think the vulnerability part, absolutely. Alignment, I think that on good days, yes. And on bad days, I don't know. Let me go through what I have written here. The first question that I have written here after I decided what my guiding words were was, what can I do to embody my theme in 2022? And I wrote, I want to say how I feel more often and honor my emotional boundaries, especially in dating, but just sort of in general as well. I want to actively push myself to do things that scare me and live more authentically and intuitively. I want to continue on the path I paved for myself this year with my internal work, with YouTube, with crafting the life I want for myself. I want to keep at it and keep expanding and building my dream life even more. Which I'd say is pretty accurate. I think that I've definitely done a lot of honoring my emotional boundaries this year in a lot of ways. I want to do more of it next year, which I'm going to talk about in a second because I'm sort of seeing it in a different light as well. Um, I think especially in dating, I did this and that was sort of, I mean, that was a main focus the year before being the year of no dating for me. So obviously this was something I was thinking a lot, thinking of a lot as I entered the year. Um, Actively pushing myself to do things that scare me. I'm not sure that I did that. I mean, I definitely, there were some things, solo travel, it definitely checks that box. That's something that would have intimidated a past version of myself. Living more authentically and intuitively, I think I've tried to do that, and I think I have achieved it in a lot of ways. Um, I think sometimes I let, like, stress really overtake me, so it's hard for me to feel like I'm totally living authentically and intuitively because I just feel like I sort of go on autopilot sometimes and it's hard to sort of stop and smell the roses and follow what your body feels and wants because you're just like trying to check things off a to-do list and I think I definitely have a tendency to do that. I want to get better at, I don't know, controlling that in some way. It's hard because it's like the amount of stuff on my plate isn't going to go away. In fact, there's just going to be more of it. And in my head, I'm like, I would love to find a way to be so on top of everything I'm doing that I'm always able to live in a state of being, you know, just sort of going through life intuitively. Waking up each day and saying, like, what is it that I want to do today? And being able to move around my schedule if what I want to do today is not what I need to do today. What my body wants, what my mental health wants, like what what is best for me to keep me happy and like healthy versus what I need to do to pay my bills and do things like that, that maybe are not in alignment with what I need to do mentally. I don't know. I'm still figuring out how to balance all of this. Sometimes I'm like, is it even possible to do all of this myself? I think I'm frequently like I blame myself for my shortcomings or things that I am behind on or and sometimes I feel like I sit here and I'm like well I've just got to do more I've just got to do it faster and do it better so that I can have time to relax but then 
I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm just being overcritical of myself because I do feel like I'm very efficient with my time and I'm going as fast as I can. It feels like a lot of the time and it's still not fast enough. So I don't know. I've got to think on what I need to bring into my life to be able to live more authentically and intuitively and definitely bring in more rest in the next year because, yeah, I've definitely been struggling with burnout because I don't have a good grasp on that. So I'm going to have a think on that over my break. Maybe it is time to hire someone to help me with the podcast at the very least. I don't know. Something for me to think about. It's hard being someone that just like wants to do everything yourself all the time and having a hard time trusting other people to help you do those things. I mean, that's the same reason why I don't have management. Well, there's a few reasons why I don't have management. I think sometimes management is kind of like a sham and I think it's kind of useless to a lot of creators to be honest um, I know I can do the job myself I don't really want to pay someone to do a job that I can do and I think a lot of management companies are predatory and they're trying to take advantage of creators and I just don't fuck with it and I yeah I find it hard to trust other people on something that I've worked so long on I've been making YouTube videos. I've been doing content creation since I was 13 and it was like my biggest goal. So yeah, it does feel hard for me to ask for help or ask for support in any way. I think I would much rather hire someone to help me than take on a manager or someone that would be above me. So I don't know. All things to think about in the next year. I'm So I'm not sure if that happened this year. I think in some ways it did in other ways it didn't. And then the last part that I wrote continuing on the path I paved for myself with YouTube, my internal work, crafting the life I want. I definitely continued at it. If anything, I did continue. So I agree with that, continuing to expand and build my dream life even more. Definitely. We're working towards it. We're not there. I don't think I totally have a grasp on my life at this point. I'm figuring out what works still. Definitely. Very much that. But we're working on it. And we've definitely done a lot of building towards that. The next question I asked myself is, what do I want to feel in 2022? And I wrote that I want to feel love and contentment. The way I feel in my chest when listening to Love on the Ground by Cannons or What Once Was by Hers. I want Lover Sundays to feel like every day, both with and without partners. I want to feel alignment with myself, my goals, and the universe at large. I am so loved and divinely protected, and I want to fall into that feeling of certainty and softness more often. I want to sit in my comfort and let myself create and love and be emotional with no fears. She was having a Pisces moment when she wrote this. I mean, I definitely, I think that is how I feel a lot of the time when I'm not stressed out. I feel that way. (laughs) I think when I go on autopilot, when life just becomes like a series of tasks I have to complete, I stop feeling that way. But when I'm really doing life and following my heart and listening to my body, that's exactly how I feel. And I'd like to feel more of that in the next year as well. All the all the moments that may have been robbed of me in like the autopilot phase, I'd like to just, you know, move that over to the next year. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it in 2023. Next question is how do I want to evolve in 2022? And I wrote, I want to work on balancing work and leisure, which is exactly what I still need to do. (laughs) I don't think that I did that this year at all. 
I want to live intuitively and work on really feeling through what I want to work on each day to make sure YouTube never turns into a job and I get to truly just have fun for a living. This is what I've always wanted, right? And I think at the beginning of this year when I was doing YouTube uh, as a job for the first time, I was like, you know, I really want to make sure this remains fun. I don't want this to feel like a job. I want to love doing this. I want to feel this lucky all the time. I want to be able to sit here and be like, wow, how lucky am I to get to be creative for a living, to get to make YouTube videos and do the podcast and just sit here and be creative and have fun. I want it to stay that way. I want to stay connected to that feeling. And I do feel very connected to that feeling still, despite all of the like stress and trouble that I've had with boundary setting. I do feel... Like, this job is still the most fucking fun thing in the world. This is the best job ever, truly. I cannot say enough good things. Um, But the balancing part is definitely something I'm still having a hard time with. It's hard when your job is your life, you know? Like, my job is to talk about my life, what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, and... I think it can be hard to draw boundaries between work and rest and what's personal and what's public when like so many of the lines are blurred. It's weird. Talked to my therapist about this a lot this week. Honestly, I had like a very emotional therapy session this week because I feel like I have so many questions of like, how do I best take care of myself in this phase of life? How do I best protect my you know, my inner peace? How do I best set boundaries? And how do I, how do I follow those? How do I stick to those? How do I balance being vulnerable and open with being private? I feel like it's, I'm, yeah, we're working a lot on balance in the next year, which maybe let me write a note for that to maybe balance should be my guiding word next year. Something to think about. And the last question I wrote here is, what do I want to release in 2022? And I wrote that I want to release other people's expectations of me. I want to let go of the fear of disappointing others and focus on what feels good for myself and what would make myself proud. I don't have to be what anyone else wants me to be, and they don't have to love every part of who I am. I want to let go of other people's perceptions of my identity and lean into living in my truth regardless of anyone's opinion of it and this is something that in some ways I feel like has gotten easier and in other ways hasn't I think when I wrote this I was probably definitely focusing more on like dealing with hate comments and dealing with people on the internet that don't like me and I think I've definitely gotten a lot better at that I think that dealing with hate comments and people online that just don't fully understand me has become a lot easier this year actually and thank god for that because for a minute I felt like so consumed by what other people thought of me online and now I don't feel that way as much and I think maybe part of that has come through like finding ways to focus on the positive more because truly 99.9 percent of my commenters and my experience on the internet is positive it's overwhelmingly positive but I would just always get hung up on the people that didn't like me because I have always needed everyone to like me I've always been like just so fixated on making sure that I was everyone's favorite person no matter how unrealistic that is 
And I do feel like this year I've been able to let go of that a lot more. And I think part of why letting go has become easier is because I have become a more patient, understanding person. So when I see people write nasty things about me, I'm not as quick to take it personally anymore. I feel more quick to like try to understand what the person that wrote this is thinking and feeling. And I try to put myself in the shoes of like, if you were going to write a comment like this to someone, if you were going to write something super fucking nasty, like what kind of life are you actually living? I think I've just become a lot better at really being able to take a step back and ask myself like, who is it that's writing something like this? And what must they be feeling right now? And how can I hold space for someone like that who is clearly struggling enough to write nasty shit about some random bitch on the internet. Um, I think it's been easier for me to take things less personally and just sort of let things brush off my shoulders because of that. So that's been really great. So yeah, I think I've definitely made some progress in that area of life as well and I had so many other questions here those were just like sort of the overarching questions that I asked myself at the beginning of the year and as I'm starting to think about like guiding words for next year balance is definitely one that I need to consider I have like a list going of possible words pleasure is another one I think pleasure feels very like yeah, that's what I want 2023 to be like. Because I do, I want I want to feel more pleasure just in like day-to-day life. I want to be able to sit in and really enjoy my life for what it is because I have an amazing life. I have an incredible life. I just think that sometimes I I go on autopilot and it it is hard to totally appreciate this life and just sort of like I don't know, sit and let myself be happy and indulge in it all. I want to feel everything and pleasure feels like a good feeling to sort of strive for. Another word that I wrote here is privacy. I don't know exactly how I would incorporate this in or what I would want this to look like, but I've talked to my therapist a lot about like you know, setting boundaries online. And this is something I'm constantly doing and thinking about and working on. But I think maybe that's something I just want to reflect on is like, what parts of myself do I want to give the internet? And what parts do I want to keep to myself? Do I want to take more for myself? Because I think that obviously there are so many things that I don't share online and I have so many boundaries, but most of those boundaries exist to protect other people and not necessarily me. Like, I do almost all of my content by myself, right? Like, sometimes my friends are featured. Sometimes my family's featured. But most of my content I do alone. And I prefer to keep my content separate from the people in my life for the most part. You know, a little overlap is fine. But I don't want my content to become my, like, entire life. I don't want the people I date to be involved. I don't want my family, friends, like in little ways, that's fine. But I never want it to be like the main feature. It's it's the same reason why I would never talk about like 
you know, conflict that involves friends or family or um, when I talk about dating, I tend to talk mostly about my feelings and I'm not, I don't talk about any real specifics of the people that I date or even the stories unless they're from a long time ago. I'm fine with talking about how I feel and exposing myself, but what I'm not comfortable with is exposing other people. But there's been some parts of me that have reflected on like how much of myself do I really want to be exposing my therapist made a comment about like how she thinks that maybe my burnout could be connected to how much I share online which is a very solid point to make where she was basically saying like you're doing so much internal work you are in therapy every week and then you're doing your podcast and your youtube channel where you're talking about all of these same things and then you're talking to your friends and your family and you spend so much of your life trying to unpack these things and you're in that mindset of like doing the work for so much of your life and it's draining you and i was like huh that's an interesting way to see it and that definitely probably holds some truth where it's just like when you're spending so much of your life like deep in those emotions of course you're going to be exhausted and maybe I have tuckered myself out from feeling so much it it, in part like this is just how I am and I love talking about my feelings and like really digging deep and I, I feel completely comfortable to share the things that I share don't think that I don't but I do wonder if maybe, I don't know, there's some more boundaries I can explore in how I communicate those things, the volume at which I communicate at some given time to make myself feel a little bit more at ease. I don't know, something to think about. And then the last word that I have written here so far just says no. Because <laughs> I, I think that I need to say no more often I think I say yes to way too many things. I I say yes to too many interviews, too many podcasts, too many phone calls, everything. I just, I say yes to too much. And I say yes because I, in my head, I'm like, well, I can, I can make time to get on a Zoom call. Like it's, I can totally do that. But just because I can do it doesn't mean I should. (laughs) Like I'm allowed to say no and just be like, you know what? I've gotten on so many phone calls this week. I would like to sit on my couch and do nothing. Just because I could get on a phone call right now, I would like to not do that and just prioritize being alone with myself or prioritize my friends. I think it's fine to zero in on what matters to you and just say no to the rest, even if you could make time for that thing. So spreading myself a little too thin, definitely want to say no more often. No is definitely not going to be my guiding word, but it's something to think about. (laughs) So that's kind of where I'm at with it right now, but we'll see. New Year's almost upon us, but I've got a few more weeks to think about it. So I'm going to sit on it some more before I make any decisions. But that's the end of the show. It's the end of season one of Emotionally Online. I just want to thank you guys again so much for supporting the show, for listening, for rating the show five stars on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever the fuck you listen to your podcasts. Um, it's been such a amazing year and I'm so glad to have you guys here. And I can't wait to see you guys so much more next year. So I love you so much. I hope you have the best holiday season ever. Don't miss me too much. I swear. Blink and I'll be back. You won't even realize I've been gone. <laughs> I love you guys so much. And I'll see you next year. Bye.